Despite the weather on Thursday, dozens of people turned up to a climate justice rally held by Kingston Youth Climate and City Park. Students and citizens gathered to pressure Kingston City Council towards further action on climate change. There, I was able to speak with some of the organizers and attendees of the rally. So what's your name? I'm Sophia. Sophia, cool. Um, so obviously we heard a lot of your demands today. Um, what are you looking for the Kingston City Councilors to do? So we are looking for the city councillors to improve the plan. The plan is an amazing first step, but it needs to be improved. It needs to make sure that the following years, or the climate action in Kingston in the following years, is in a good framework that addresses the urgency of the climate crisis. And so we want the city of Kingston to improve the plan and then implement it in a way that addresses these issues. Um, so the root issue is that the emission target goal the city of Kingston um, set out is not ambitious enough it is not in line with the IPCC science so um, it needs to um, yeah, be changed and um, the emission target for 2030 needs to be 50% for the city-owned infrastructure and the city also needs to enable the citizens and the community to also achieve this emission goal of 50% in 2030 so that's the first um, issue and then the second issue is that um, the city of Kingston, or the second demand we have is that the city of Kingston should um, work together and collaborate with the groups that are already existing in, Engl in, in Kingston. So um, all the community knowledge that's already there can be used um, to fight for the climate crisis together. And then last but not least, uh, we um, wanna, we want a like renewable energy um, infrastructure in Kingston that's community owned because um, energy plays a big role in emissions and it's important that we get away from fossil fuels and to renewable energies. So the Kansas City Council has declared a climate emergency and claims to be climate leaders and it's great that we have a climate leadership plan in the works and it's a great start but at the end of the day, we need it to be more urgent, we need it to be more bold, we need it to be more justice-based because it doesn't match the urgency of the climate crisis right now. It doesn't recognize that the climate crisis is unequally impacting people and we need to recognize that as we're creating solutions. Climate action is an opportunity to improve the lives of people and to make our communities more resilient, um, to make us more adaptable to change, um, because we know that our, the climate crisis will have impacts on people no matter what, and we need to be able to adapt to that. So Kingston Youth Climate Action started in a backyard this summer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So Stephanie and Sophia met at a rally, and they realized that there wasn't very much climate energy for young people in Kingston, and they wanted to change that. So they got about eight of us together into a backyard and we started talking about how we felt about the climate crisis, about what was bothering us the most, and then about tangible things that we could do. So there was a really, really great protest being put on by Lead Now, and that was the September 8th, Canada is still on fire. And they have an online toolkit, anyone can access it and you can put on a protest wherever. So we put on a protest at, in City Park at that time. 
and we had a really great turnout. We re like we reached out to all sorts of people in Kingston, like Just Recovery and 350 Kingston, and we wouldn't have been able to do it without them. And like that, we just started working because there's a lot of work to be done. Climate change is not a lie. Do not let our planet die. Climate change is not a lie. Do not let our planet die. Climate change is not a lie. Do not let our planet die. Climate change is not a lie. Do not let our planet die. Woo! Woo! important thing everyone can do for reconciliation and also for climate change is to talk about it and talking is an action because if we don't talk about it why should we care and if we don't care about it why should we try to fix it so we need to talk about climate action and you can also look at it that way if all of us here who realize that climate change is bad and are willing to do something about it if all of us changed our lifestyle in a way that we'd have zero emissions, only like 10% of the emissions would be reduced. And we know that that's not enough. So we need systemic change instead of individual change. And how do we get the systemic change? We get it by using our political voices. Systemic change happens when individuals like us come together, use our voices and talk about the issues. So let's all use our voices together because we can talk about solutions and we can make them reality. So, What do you think about the Canadian government's track record right now in the climate emergency? Uh, well, I pulled together a graph showing the um, uh, targets that the various governments of both political stripes have had over the years and the uh, actual uh, CO2 equivalent emissions and not, not one of those targets has been met and in fact the trend line has been in the opposite uh, direction so Canada should hang our head in shame internationally. We were a country that got rich uh, from oil and we're not doing our, our bit to, to help the world address this existential crisis that we have. In 92, the world signed the Framework Convention for Climate Change, which said we'll use the base year of 1990 as the base year going forward. We are currently 20% higher than we admitted in 1990. My parents immigrated from Scotland, so I use that as an example. They are currently 45% below 1990. They're very close to here. 45% below, and we are 20% above 1990. We've gone in the wrong direction. Why did we go in the wrong direction? Because Stephen Harper wanted to expand the amount of oil extracted from the tar sands. That's why we went in the wrong direction. As long as there are people who drive gasoline-powered cars, there will be companies that insist on the right to supply them with gasoline and there will be people saying I want I don't want lineups in the gas pump I don't want the gas pumps have to have gas right so until we all drive that electric cars the sooner we can drive electric cars the sooner that problem goes away and it goes away naturally we just stop buying gasoline but the most important thing you do is you call up car dealerships the car dealership of your choice. If you like Hondas, call the Honda. If you want GMs, call the GM and tell them, I'm never buying a new gasoline car as long as I live. So stop making them. Now, if enough people call them and tell them that, those sales managers will start to shit themselves. They'll call up Honda Canada and GM Canada and say, we got to get more electric cars out here. And they will invest in battery manufacturing plants. And that's what's holding us up is nobody's, in, well, I shouldn't say nobody, Tesla is, 
but uh, the others are not spending enough money building battery assembly plants. Do you think government subsidies could be a way to stimulate that growth? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, when Doug Ford took office, three weeks, two or three weeks later, or I think it was the next week, wasn't it? General Motors announced they were closing the Oshawa plant. I, the week later, we should have opened yeah. it up. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, both Canada and Ontario should have put a couple of billion bucks each on the table and say, hey, we're going to buy that plant from General Motors. We got four billion bucks to go with it. Who wants to make turn it into a battery manufacturing plant? Whoever does gets four billion bucks in their bank account to do that. Hurry up. And hey, now we'd be in production. We'd be manufacturing batteries almost as fast as Tesla does. And that'd be great. Something that I tend to struggle with is the impending threat of climate change. So here, maybe selfishly, I took a moment to ask these folks how they deal with the climate anxiety. We don't want your false solutions. We are sick of your pollution. What feelings does the climate emergency evoke in you? Is it despair? Are you hopeful? What kind of general sense you have each day thinking about this stuff? Mm -hmm. um, I think climate anxiety is real, so definitely a little bit of um, anxiousness. However, especially events like this make me super hopeful because I can see that I'm not alone in this and I can see that a lot of people are thinking the same way as I and also realize that this isn't a climate emergency. So um, a lot of hope um, and a lot of yeah optimism for the future. That's good to hear. When I think about climate crisis as a problem, it's very overwhelming. But what I really try to do is focus on the opportunities and the solutions that I know are possible. So really looking at climate action as an opportunity to reduce inequalities in our society, to make our community stronger, and to make sure that, to really rethink the way that our world works um, so that we're not just prioritizing profits over people and we're really thinking about our communities and how we can make all of our lives better. Uh, it's both. Um, you know, severe anxiety. I think really we haven't seen the, the, the worst yet. We've cooked in a lot of nastiness coming, but the technology exists and, and more and more the political will is starting to be there, but it has to come from people uh, contacting governments. Uh, and uh, there's some theory that says when 4% of the population is uh, advocating very strongly for something that you start to reach a tipping point. And we have to get to that tipping point because we've got, we've got uh, tipping points uh, uh, in, in CO2 emissions from uh, you know, muskeg in the north and other things that are going to happen. So I'd rather see a social tipping point saying we absolutely have to stop burning things and, and electrify our lifestyles with renewable energy. I, I agree that it's both hope and and uh, despair. And uh, sometimes I wake up early in the morning. You saw, yeah. <laughs> saw that email. <laughs> I hope yeah. you're sleeping, Mark. It was like 4:30 in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And and that that happens to me about once a week now. Um, but I'm sure it'll get a lot worse. Um, but yeah, it's it's now or never. And uh, this rally was about. Um, putting some pressure on the city of Kingston's climate leadership plan. It's really weak, or at least what they let us see two or three months ago is really weak. Um, but any plan is better than no plan. And uh, I, I'm, 
I want to focus on implementation. I want to. I want the city to be totally, totally transparent on the implementation. That will give us hope. You know, they talk about electrifying the fleet. Well, put a spreadsheet on on the web that tells us that details your fleet. How many buses you got? How many trucks you got? How many cars you got? How many dumpsters do you have? How many this, that, and the next thing? Garbage trucks, everything, everything on there. How much greenhouse gas emissions does each one of those emit? Right? Add it all up. And then they say, well, we're gonna we're gonna electrify six cars and three trucks next year. If six cars and three trucks doesn't have that big a downturn, you missed your mark. Go back to the go back to council. Ask for more money because you need to electrify more. You're not on you're not on the line. If you're not on the line, go ask for more money and get on the line. We have to take what it uh, or spend what it takes to win in this fight. Yes. Uh, I see these uh, things saying, oh, the, the price of running my vehicle will go up by 30%. It's sort of like uh, a livable planet or 30% more for your transportation. Um, gee, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, not. <laughs> um, it definitely, um, like many people, eco-anxiety is a real thing, and it is something hard to deal with when you're working directly um, in this sector. But... Um, yeah, so it makes me feel anxious. I do cry sometimes in my job, but it's okay. Uh, we're all gonna work together and we just have to push through. The climate crisis is a really, really big problem. And there's a lot of really big feelings associated with it. And the way that I deal with them is by acting through talking to people, through attending protests or organizing or through keeping up to date, educating myself. If you feel engaged, then you can kind of move with the problem. You can, if you're confronting it head on, you don't feel like you're stagnant or that you're not doing anything about it, right? Yeah, you feel less blindsided by it and instead just know that you're doing your part and you have to make peace with that. So the biggest thing that you can do for climate change is acting locally. And so Kingston has a climate leadership plan that they're going to be looking to pass by the end of the year. And it could definitely be a lot better. So if you want to get more involved for, with that, you can follow Kingston Youth Climate Action on Instagram or on Facebook. And we'll be posting some more information on it and ways that you can help out as well.
Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.